Welcome to Neuro Insights, a podcast that gives you insight into the latest research in organizational psychology, workplace well-being, and mental health. I'm Vivian, the Chief Research Officer here at Neuro. And I'm Peter, a researcher and content creator at Neuro, where we create science-based 15-minute micro-learnings for managers to improve mental health in the workplace. Each week, we'll be discussing a new journal article that sheds light on ways to enhance mental health at work, both for you and your team. Let's dive into the research to find out what NeuroInsight you could implement today. Hello, and welcome back to NeuroInsights. Today, we will be talking about a really interesting intervention that was done in Nigeria. And I think it's really cool to look at developing countries and what they're doing with regards to mental health. I know we've been looking at lots of papers, looking at managers and uh, more from the organizational psychology side, looking at what we can do at the workplace, but we haven't really touched on what's going on in the mental health realm. And that's always an area that excites me, the innovation that's happening in mental health care. How do we give more mental health care to those who need it, make it more accessible? And so that's what this paper is really about. And it has probably one of the best titles I've seen ever, um, both the title of the project, which is happiness, and then the scientific paper title, which is integrating mental health into primary care evaluation of the health action for psychiatric problems in Nigeria, including epilepsy and substances with the S at the end spelling happiness. happiness. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a very interesting pilot program. Um, now, if you read the paper, you'll notice the results. Um, there are very few subjects in the, the results, the number of people that took it, but um, hopefully there's more to come. And what uh, Vivian and I find very fascinating about these studies coming from lower income countries is they have community and they're delivering mental health training information into these communities where in places like Canada, US, we have plenty of resources, but we really suffer in loneliness and community. Mm -hmm. And so how do we build that community to then deliver the mental health content? Yeah, and what I think is really interesting too is they tap on community as a resource in order to destigmatize mental illness and have people talk about it more as well as just normalize conversation around mental illness. And I think, when we look at the the Western way of dealing with mental illness, it's a lot about, okay, hush, hush, you know, that, that friend had depression and then they saw a therapist. And it's a lot of this one-on-one -on -one behind closed doors sort of model where if you have a mental illness or you're struggling with it, you're expected to then take off time from work, you know, do your own, I guess... Yeah, do your own therapist. thing. Yeah, 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 do your own thing, you know, download Headspace, do some mindfulness on your own. And a lot of it's just very individualistic. And I really wonder, and that's what Nero is, is really delving into. It's like, how can we tap into the power that we can get from the collectivistic model that these low-income countries already have in order to treat mental illness? Yeah, and that's not to say that uh, spending time alone isn't healthy or I know Vivian, and I know myself, but we love spending time alone, just quiet with a cup of coffee, reading. Um, so there's definitely a place for that. So don't misunderstand us when we say that. But um, I think it's really healthy to think about these things in different ways. 
And there's sort of two different aspects. The paper itself was measuring stigma and how much education and training uh, reduced that stigma and encouraged uh, healthier understanding of mental health. But then there's also the training itself. And um, here at Neuro, we're looking at both because we're interested in our micro trainings and how to set those up. But we're also interested in the results of lowering stigma because stigma is the biggest thing that's blocking mental health um, from entering into uh, communities and into personal lives. So this happiness project had trainers who were researchers, psychiatrists, and public health officials, and they use an adapted course from the World Health Organization and took that material, contextualized it into uh, their um, situation and, you know, focused in on um, a couple aspects, which I'll talk about. And they were training primary healthcare workers. Um, these are community health extension workers, nurses, and non-specialist physicians. And they went through a pretty rigorous, you know, uh, one week course. It was nine hours a day. That would be rigorous for me. <laughs> um, and uh, the six main components to this happiness pilot project were training. They have refresher training, clinical practice, uh, support supervision, community engagement, and then what they call a drug revolving fund. And uh, the best way I could just sort of easily summarize that is it's making available uh, certain psychiatric medicines that would otherwise not be available through this program. And I think the main thing I took away from this part was that they wanted to have non-professional healthcare workers, so people who already are embedded in community, people who are already seeing these people through primary care or through even communities like churches and social events, equip them with the skills that mental health professionals have to recognize signs of, say, depression or psychosis or substance use, and that way make mental health care more accessible and, um, yeah, like more common, I guess, in the community. Yeah, and especially if they're in the hospital already, a lot of these problems or, or when people go through a mental health issue or episode, it's going to spill over into your body and it's going to exhibit certain things. And so a lot of times physicians will address the body, but not the mental health. Yeah. And if I may say one more thing, I think drawing that connection back to Nero, it's okay. So you have like mental health professionals here and then you have primary care, which is the hospitals and the clinics. But moving it back even further, you have the workplace. Everyone goes to work, but not everyone might make it to mm. the clinic or to the therapist's office. So I think what we're trying to do is really expand that circle to be like, okay, yes, the first step, of course, is training doctors because that's where people go when they're sick. But what about training managers? Because that's where everyone is and they can spot the first signs. Yeah, that, oh, that's really good. Now, um, this group focused on just a couple of things. They, they, instead of studying everything in mental health, for them, their context was just essential care and practice. So that's just your standard Red Cross mental health training, I am assuming. Then depression, psychosis, mania, epilepsy, and substance use disorders. So those are relevant to their local context. Mm -hmm. And then they wanted to look at the effectiveness of this training in reducing stigmatizing beliefs. So looking at, did, after this training, did their beliefs about 
if you're mentally ill, you must be poor or, you know, even beliefs around witchcraft, uh, which I thought was interesting and very contextual to what is going on in Nigeria. Yeah. So they had four different categories, socialization, normalization, witchcraft, and biopsychosocial. Now, uh, for socialization, here's just some some statements that they said uh, before and then after the study. Um, you know, how much would you agree with this? Quote, I would have a former psychiatric pa patient as a friend, yes or no, or, you know, one to five, how likely. I would live with a next door neighbor who is formerly a psychiatric a psychiatric patient, or I am not afraid of people with mental illnesses. So th those are some of the socializing um, factors that they measured. Uh, normalizing relationships, they looked at uh, mental health is an illness like any other illness. You know, one to five, how do you agree with that? And so on. Uh, then they have witchcraft, which is uh, illnesses are not caused by witchcraft, um, and such and such. So in, in this context, that, that is the stigma that they have. Oh, you must be cursed um, mm -hmm. to have this depression. And in some ways, it is a curse, but not, not the way that they see it. Um, now, uh, the last was biopsychosocial, um, which is that you have biological factors involved, you have social factors involved that have brought upon this, or, and genetic issues that have mm -hmm. contributed to what your situation is today. And then what they found was that after this nine-hour, five-day training, plus they had refresher training, so this was done six months after the initial training, they also had a couple other things they did, like have a WhatsApp forum where people could do more topical-based discussion groups. But yeah, they found very significant differences in how this training affected their socialization, their normalization beliefs, and even beliefs around witchcraft. They didn't find significant uh, differences in the understanding around the biopsychosocial model. And we were debating a bit why that was. It could be that they already had an understanding around the biopsychosocial model. Uh, it could be that the training was not as targeted towards understanding mental illness that way. Maybe it was more focused on reducing stigma, which the other three factors measured. Yeah, and let me pull up the quote about the um, community group. I thought that was interesting. So um, this was a pilot program, and they, uh, in the study, they have a lot of quotes from um, the participants. And so the, the paper says that participants also suggested several improvements to the training itself, including additional training material and topics. And uh, here is the quote. Um, this program has been so helpful, but I still want to know more. You should create a platform. We um, we already have one, the WhatsApp forum, but I don't know if we have everyone. We should have access to a website where we can see materials to improve our knowledge about conditions. That would be great. And um, I find this really exciting because uh, Neuro is trying to be both um, a digital space where you can access information, but it's much more interactive and then you can always go back and learn more. But then there's uh, also the community aspect mm. of some kind of interactive forum where people can meet together to discuss these very pertinent issues. 
Yeah. And that's the thing. Mental health is not ever a stagnant thing. It's not like I read, I've read so many books on mental health and yet mental health is still something that we think about. And every day you wake up and you're like, how do I put this into practice? Right. And so I think having a community to do that with having people that you can talk to around, okay, this is a present challenge. I know a lot in theory, but I need help putting it into practice. I think that is so invaluable in actually moving the the dial, the <laughs> you know, the the meter on on affecting some some change. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's two different issues going on. There's the stigma involved with mental health and then there's just the actual information and knowledge that one needs to help others with their mental health. And, um, and then there's obviously the, the community aspect of it. So this is the intersection where neuro is trying to bring everything together. Um, and it's just incredible to see these studies uh, coming out from different countries where they're really trying to uh, bring this all together as well. Yeah, and improve mental health access, uh, move the meter from just treatment to earlier on in the continuum. We talk a lot about the continuum We don't have to just treat mental health once it's a crisis, once it's in the red zone. How can we actually move that so that people in the yellow zone or even in the green zone, but you need psychoeducation. We need to know how to stay in that green zone. I think think moving the conversation around there, having a more holistic, integrated approach to mental health care, I think is is, is really where the field of mental health is going. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because you can't just... uh end up in the red zone without something happening Uh, and then something that's been prolonged. And so uh, if we can help people stay within the green zone and the green zone is something that you have capacity to bounce back. But once you start um, in that yellow red zone where it's, you, you don't have capacity to bounce back. Mm -hmm. That's a whole different set of care that you need. And we really want to keep people out of that zone if we can, because, um, yeah, the, the green zone uh, and, and some of the yellow, sorry, orange and red, sorry, not, <laughs> not yellow. Uh, yeah, green and yellow is something you can bounce back uh, with community support. And a lot of us are just lacking that support yeah. um, to address, address it while it's in the green and yeah. while it's in the yellow zone. So we end up moving into the orange and the red zone right. Right. and we need people to pull us out. Yeah, yeah. And the orange and red zones where it's most costly, where it's more difficult to kind of wind the clock back. So I, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, well, this is something we're passionate about um, <laughs> here at Neuro. Um, but uh, yeah, we'd love to hear you uh, and just have you jump into the conversation. Um, there are a lot of smart people writing about this stuff and everyone's looking at it. Companies are asking big questions and um there are a lot of professors researching this stuff to figure out how can we deliver mental health? How can we live as uh, healthy communities? Because work is just the biggest part of our day yeah, right. when it comes to hours of our active life. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need to keep that place healthy. Right. So with that note, uh, we'll end off on this Friday and wish you a wonderful Friday, if it's Friday where you're at. yeah we're recording it on friday yeah and stay tuned for our next episode on uh, mental health in the workplace